Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Greetings and salutations. It is... My turn. Oh, it is. Yes. You, um, I don't know what's Me. coming. I literally have no idea what's coming. So, yeah, you, you're taking control over some of the show. Yes. For two weeks. Is it two weeks? Yeah, I got 50. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you I, said you blocked out two weeks. I felt obligated to fill them. I said if you wanted them. And I'm taking them. Okay, great. So, I guess we got Jared's favorite movies coming up. Yes. I saw uh, some new Trek this week. Oh, did you? Star Trek Lower Decks is back. Oh, I've been actually watching season one. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It is. It's fantastic. Yeah, so season four kicked off this week. They they dropped two in one day. I was like, woo! The first one is an entire love letter to Voyager. Oh, wow. We're, they're trying to like transport Voyager from wherever it's being stored like back to Earth so it could be essentially a museum. Mm-hmm. But then like um, all these Voyager-related shenanigans pop up through different things, and it's mostly revolving around um, Tuvix. Oh, okay. Which is when uh, Tuvok and Neelix became one being, and then Janeway just killed that being. Thankfully. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. And returned them to one. Have you seen that episode? No, I have not it's seen that episode. It's a fucking nightmare of an episode. Oh. But also, some people love it dearly. No. Yeah, I don't get their it. their own. Yeah, it's like a transporter accident. It's like, oh man, two beings are now one being. I like the second contact episode. You're in charge of second contact. It's the first one, isn't it? Was it the first one? I think, yeah, whatever. There were several. I like the one where there was... Um, no, uh, you can't enhance how long it takes you to do something, and everybody had to do something on time and on schedule. In the second episode, uh, they go to like um, a space zoo. It's like, oh man, we have humans in the space zoo. We got to get them out, and they have like a little cute ball that kind of looks like I don't know a flower sack. Oh, okay. I don't know what to call it. It's just like white in a blob, and it just says its own name. It says Moopsie, and it must be Chris Parnell who did that voice. But like the guy who's running, he's just like, oh my god, the Moopsie is out. Like, why do you care about it? Moops. It's like, it drinks your bones. It's like, how does it, how does it drink bones? And then it drinks your bones. Oh. <laughs> it just goes, Moopsie. Moopsie. I love Moopsie. Moopsie the bone drinker. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Moopsie fan. I guess you are. But uh, it's a fun start off to um to season four. Well, good. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, yes. It's just a damn good. It's funny. Like, and I, I was sitting there watching it. Um, My wife was in the room. She wasn't watching it. And I was just laughing at stuff. I just kept on here. I'm like, this is funny to me. Yes. Kind of an impenetrable show if you don't know Trek. But that's what makes it fun, because it makes fun of Trek. Yeah, it does. Oh, no, it, it celebrates and laughs. At, like Trek is like a weirdly inconsistent, silly, very serious, very dramatic, very comedic. It's all over the place. And yeah, Lower Decks likes to play up every aspect of it, which I love. So yeah, I'm that's having a- fantastic. I had a great time with the start of season four. Well, congratulations. I'm glad that your favorite show is back, or one of your favorite shows. Yeah, it's a good show. Excellent. I don't know. I guess I didn't watch anything else this week. I I watched all the Across the Spider-Verse special feature stuff. I'm trying to think if I watched anything. Uh, I watched the last episode of Hard Knocks last week. Spoiler alert, one of them makes it. I've been watching Winning Time this year. I've heard good things about Winning Time. I'm having more fun with this season. I think because season one, it's based off of a book of like the Lakers dynasty. I shouldn't say dynasty because, you know, the 80s are kind of back and forth between two teams. Mm -hmm. But season one was very much designed as like we got to get like our first like the first championship year in the 80s and that will be our season because you know we have no expectation of further stuff beyond that Mm. but season two is like 
it's skipping like entire like years really like in just within scenes so like there's a lot more freedom to be like we're gonna be just playing like this is the important stuff like this is the stuff we want to hit so it's it's a little looser and i'm enjoying that well excellent even though i think next week will probably be the 1985 finals and that didn't go well for us in boston yeah but 1986 baby yep Maybe the best basketball team in history. Who knows? Opinions differ. It could be one of them. I would think they're certainly on the short list. Yeah. All right. There's all that stuff. Yep. Good job. Uh, we, so we got stuff going on this week. We should dive into it because I truly don't know how long this is going to be. Oh, yeah. Got the news of the week. Weird comics facts. Sports reports. Jared's 50 to 26. That's movies? correct. 50 okay. to 26. And your questions. So let's just dive straight into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Uh, this was a fun one for me, and also for you, because, you know, as we've mentioned many times on the show, we, we knew the original guy. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines had its first official trailer. It was a yeah. teaser before. Looks fucking good. Looks really interesting. I'm not a big scary movie person, not a big scary thing. I love the callback to the tractor trailer truck at the very end of the trailer. I thought that was cool. Well, well they got that line, like, uh, well, sometimes dead is better. Oh, yeah. Much much better, and not, I'm not. I'm not saying I want to be dead, but I'm saying, uh, considering what could happen from the pet cemetery, that is much better. And we know these people, like it was yeah. J- Julio and Joan. It's true, we do know them. Yeah, well, we don't know one of them so much anymore. True. What, what with the being dead for like a decade? Uh, yeah, just a little, <laughs> little over a decade now, actually. But this looks great. Like Duchovny looks good in it. The book very much hints at a lot of like, oh, there's a Wendigo. Oh, this has like Native American burial ground stuff. And the the original Mary Lambert movie, like, kind of hints at that stuff as well. But this one looks like it's diving in into it a little bit more, and it looks solid. It just looks solid. Like, and this is a continuation, like a follow up to no, the movie. This correct? is a prequel. Oh, prequel. So it's gonna be young Julio. Ah, okay. Julio was more like his character. He he always felt more though that his the character in Thinner, the lawyer in Thinner, was based on him. Uh, that's what he said. King has denied that. Uh, well, I mean, he can, but Thinner. Okay, I'll don't watch a- that movie. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> I'd rather now, watch. Fuck it. I'm gonna make you watch Thinner now. <laughs> oh, great! I'd rather watch Maximum Overdrive again. Oh, you would. Oh, you would. <laughs> thinner is bad. The Langoliers. You would rather watch the Langoliers. Really? Actually, I like. I, I mean, I, that was a TV miniseries, so it was different. It was uh, Storm of the Century, also. Yeah, that was decent. It was just the first time that he wrote a straight teleplay. It wasn't based upon any previous material. Yeah, there's, there's been some TV stuff as well, but yeah. Give me what well, I, I mean, want, and I'll go away. Well, no, because he wrote Sleepwalkers. Oh, that yes, God, that movie sucked. That movie's incredibly bad in the it's best way. It's not good, no. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, though. I think it looks good. Pet Summer to Bloodlines. Other trailers that came out this week, Fall of the House of Usher, that from looks, Mike Flanagan. That looks interesting. I think it looks great. This is like something I'm like super psyched about. This is his last Netflix show. He did like Fall of the House of Usher, um, Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, that one where they're all dying of stuff and their kids. The Mist? No. Oh. No, no one's dying of stuff when they're kids. I forget the name of that miniseries now. No. Whatever. But this looks great. Uh, like, it, it's, yeah. It's leaning into a ton of different post stuff. There's a bunch of like previous Flanagan actors coming back, plus Mark Hamill. Mm, I do love me some Mark Hamill. As an investigator from a different post story. So this is, even though it's like Fall of the House of Usher, it's dealing with a bunch of different post stories. Kirby. Murders at the Rue Morgue. You are the pit and the pendulum. I mean, those are post stories, but not yes. involved with this. So I'm 
Oh. There you go. Listing post stories. Yep. From Baltimore. Quote the Raven, nevermore. <laughs> the Raven's definitely in this because, you know, Bruce Greenwood's dying going to be like, nevermore, nevermore, nevermore. Mm, it's true. He was laying there with blue, th- uh, blue blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah, not looking good for old Bruce Greenwood. No, well, it never does. He's like the sh- he's like substitute Sean Bean. Hey, he was in a previous Flanagan movie, Gerald's Game, which is I'm into BDSM and I'm going to strap you to this bed. And then, oops, I died of a heart attack and we're in the middle of Maine in the fall at campsites and no one can hear us. I feel like that would be terrifying. Yeah, there's a dog. There's a necrophiliac. Please tell me the dog's not strapped to the bed, too. No, the dog just eats him. It's like delicious dead meat. Well, I think all meat is dead when you're eating it, isn't it? No, not if you're a cannibal and it's alive. This is disturbing that you've given this some thought. I don't like it. I didn't give it any thought. I just refuted you. Oh. Oh, actually, I did watch something. And I might continue to watch it just for funsies. I am an episode and a half into the... I'm trying to think of the, the correct term for it. The, the motion comic of Watchmen. To be fair, I've never seen it, but I'm also not gonna. It's not horrible. All right, do it. All right, there you go. Enjoy yourself. I'm if, going if to it's good. It. Yeah. Wait. Anyway, sorry. I have one motion comic that I have purchased through Amazon, and I've attempted it like three times, and I just can't do it. It's like an audiobook with pictures. Well, I, I have... um I bought this when it came out. I have... Um, this even came out on Blu-ray. I have Buffy season eight, which is like you know over forty issues of comic, and mm-hmm. but I I can't get through them. Like the voice acting is so bad, and they cut out stuff and they add weird stuff. In eh. the it's the inflections; they're so wrong. The one thing is, it's all the same person reading this. Ah, so but it'll work. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I'm entertained enough. Maybe I'll bite eventually. I forgot because I remember reading the first part of it, and I'm like, wow, this is like really dark. Rorschach hates everybody and everything. He's a weird murder hobo. Yeah, he's saying this town and their child pornography and their decadence. Yeah, Fall Usher, Usher looks great. Here's a weird one. Mm-hmm. There's a silent movie which has been lost since the 60s. It came out in 1927 called London After Midnight. stars uh, Lon Chaney Sr., who is referred to as the Man of a Thousand Faces. Kind of famous roles. Or, um, he, he did a ton of stuff, but like Phantom of the Opera. Was he a werewolf um, in London? No. Oh. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, like he mm. he, he didn't have stuff like his own makeup. Born of deaf parents, like he 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 did a like a lot. Like he was able to express himself without words, which is kind of why he was so good at what he did. Uh, but he did this movie, London After Midnight, which is I love the title, London After Midnight. What a good title for a movie. I've been in London After Midnight, and like he he's playing this vampire character, and the movie was lost. It came out in 1927. Uh, there was a big MGM fire. I mean, there still might be a copy out there, which mm. is, you know, what you're always open for with lost movies. But, like, the last known copy got burned in the 60s in a big MGM warehouse fire. Okay. So no one's seen this movie, literally, since the 20s. There are stills that exist. Like, the script is out there. Like, and it looks really cool. Like, the design is so fucking fun. But there's an audio production company that is going to produce it as an audio play, even though it was a silent movie. A talkie. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, there's going to be no pictures, but. Oh. Yeah, just recreating this old silent movie that's been lost since the 60s. I mean, it's, it's not going to be the movie, but sure. Like, this is a movie I'm interested in. I I follow. I think this is the most famous, like, lost movie. There's been a ton of lost Bat movies. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's been so much stuff lost over the years, but. Well, people found the Snyder Cut. I think they got pushed on us. That's fair enough. I mean, so so many lost movies are just like out of like the public consciousness, and that's you know it is what it is. But this is like one like where there's stills and it looks cool and it has a big name behind it, and there's all the stuff and it's like okay, great. If you want to recreate this as an audio drama, like it's not going to be the movie, but sure, I'm not going to fault you for it. Do it. 
like War of the Worlds, people are going to think that the aliens are really attacking the planet. Uh, that was overblown. That's as, as far as I know, like those are sensationalized reports. But yeah, so yeah, London After Midnight getting an audio release. Hmm. Sure. I'm not against it. I think I'm kind of for it. Boy, the Ninja Turtles are popular, aren't they? Yes, they are. The kids like them. Well, they were immortalized this week as they had their handprints and Kevin Eastman's, co-creator of the Ninja Turtles, put at the Chinese theater. Oh, in the, in LA. Uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame? No, no, no. The Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's a different thing. Oh, okay. But oh, where they... Outside the main theater where they put their hands yeah, down. Yeah, TCL Chinese Theater, yeah. Yeah. Which has been home to, like, you know, Star Wars characters are there and stuff. But yeah, this week, mm. the Ninja Turtles and Kevin Eastman did. Their three-fingered hands? Yes. Good for them. Anytime they're point, they're flipping you off. When I was, like, in, like, first grade, I had a, like, teacher write my parents know They're like, hey, your kid doesn't pay attention to any detail with these drawings. They were Ninja Turtles drawings, and I had them with three fingers, and my mom was had to write back them up. She's like, um, actually, he's very he's detailed-focused because they only have three fingers. That's a good point. What up? Yeah, take <clears throat> that, teacher woman. I don't remember her name. <laughs> but once again, for so many Turtles things, no Peter Laird was there because he's just like, I'm rich, and I also hate flying. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have to be there, then you have the money to do it, and you don't have to fly, then good for you. Rotten Tomatoes got into some controversy this week. Really? How so? Because it was revealed that a Daisy Ridley movie, uh, a publishing company, had paid independent reviewers to review it positively after it did not get great reviews coming out of a film festival. Ah. And then just everyone was shitting on Rotten Tomatoes like, yeah, this isn't really an effective form of film criticism because it's just aggregating data. And yeah. If a company is paying for positive reviews, then it kind of negates the entire system. Exactly. It's like when somebody's like nominated for like a, you know, some sort of like internet vote of the week, like, you know, central main athlete of the week and everyone just spams the vote for their person, even though they you know, you should only have one vote and you shouldn't be able to like do something like that. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is like, well, we don't, you know, we weren't paying for this and we wouldn't support this kind of behavior and blah, blah, blah. But, but clearly they did. Yeah. So a little bit of hot water for them on that front, which i mean i don't know ron tomatoes like film criticism is definitely like a dying yeah art like because even if something is positive or negative rotten tomatoes if i'm scrolling through rotten tomatoes i'm 95 percent of the time i'm just looking at the blurb yeah versus actually clicking on like the full review yeah i like give me the percentage and then if i really want to know more yeah, I don't know. It's like, how much do you put on um, the consumer? How much do you put on the critic? How much do you put on them? I don't know. But yeah, they yeah, uh, they seem to be a questionable organization, or at least in regards to this one specific thing. But it definitely like shines light on like, yeah, you know, maybe dive a little deeper or make your own opinions. But who knows? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows. Uh, good news. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, good news out of a bad situation, I should say. Uh, that 70s show star Danny Masterson has been... He'll be um, in jail until he's in his 70s. Yeah, uh, he's getting 30 years to life following two rape convictions. There was another sexual assault one in there that uh, got dismissed. That is not saying that it didn't happen, but it was not ultimately part of the trial. But he is getting 30 years to life. He is not up for parole for 25 years. As well he should be. Good, yeah. This is one of those, like, yeah, just a gross, disgusting human being getting his comeuppance, which is you know yes obviously the situations that he's involved in are negative but as he has been convicted to have perpetrated them 
I'm glad he's getting this much time. Twenty, at least twenty five years until parole. Like that, at least makes it. Even if it's just twenty five years, that's a good chunk, and I'm happy with that. Yes, he's so, where. So hopefully, like I mean, we'll see where thirty to life goes, but at least twenty five years until parole. That's not an insignificant chunk. No, that's you know that's a quarter of a century. That's yeah. a lot of time at the bare minimum. Yes. Yeah. So I mean obviously a horrible situation and you know we see so often people who the court of public opinion thinks that they did stuff or scientologists or celebrities so it's it was good to see a level of accountability within this case 100 percent. so i mean obviously you know i feel terrible for the victims but that he's getting real time good fuck him yep see you later yeah hard hard stance this terrible human i'm glad that bad thing that he's gonna have a bad 25 years at least i hope it's a bad 25 years and last bit of news, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, the Apple TV series that's all about that Godzilla Kong universe, had its first trailer. And John Goodman's in there. I love Well, I heard his voice. And I was like, oh, well, they paid him to do a little bit of voice. But then you actually see John Goodman. Yeah, so he's also wearing the exact same outfit he was in uh, Kong Skull Island. When I'm he like, gets eaten. Yeah, I'm like, was this happening when he was just on the island? He's like recording, like he's taking a selfie in the 70s? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it looks expensive. When I sent you a list of like, these are the trailers you got to watch today. I was like, oh, I haven't seen that Monarch one yet. So I'll just check this out before you get here. And then I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, I watched this earlier this week. And it just like totally washed over me. And I forgot. About yeah. it. Like, no, oh, it, it looks good. It looks movie quality, I think. And it's going to be entertaining. Your face tells me otherwise. I don't know. Godzilla looked good. And it, I yes. Like this. Yeah. That's the big thing. If you're going to make Godzilla, you're going to make a Godzilla show. Make God, If it's going to be a series and he's going to be in it. Whether it's a, you know, well, obviously how, in a movie he's going to look good, but for like a TV streaming series, he's got to look good. How much of these monsters going to be in the show? That's my question. How much is it just like, oh, look, there's Godzilla for five minutes. Five minutes of Godzilla is better than no Godzilla. Well, it depends if I have to watch like eight hours of it and it's just five minutes. Well, he clearly destroyed the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. He, we'll see. He <laughs> fucked that thing right up. I don't know. I, I don't have super high hopes for this. Maybe. Mm. I hope. One can have hope. And yeah, hope it, is the best of things. It just didn't. It didn't quite grab me, I guess, is the way to put it. Like, compared to, like, last week, we were talking about, like, that Toho Godzilla movie. Like, this looks fucking awesome. Yes, I can't wait to watch it dubbed. But this one, I was like, eh, okay, I guess, sure. You're, we'll see what you do. All right. All right, gonna move on from there. It's time for weird comics facts. I guess in this case, it's TV facts. Weird TV facts. All right, I like it. I like it. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. It's going to be a shorty. Because okay. I, I was like, what am I going to do for TV facts? Or what am I going to do for this segment? Because I literally have no idea. You have no idea what's coming. Ooh, yes. You so have I'm no like, idea what's coming, which is fantastic. I'm like, all right, so let's do a Star Wars. We're talking about Ahsoka. Let's do a Star Wars. Hey, if we're going right. to do Ahsoka, let's make it the Clone Wars. Because I have seen most of that. All right, good. I'm still missing a pretty... I've, I've seen 80% of it, I think. And I've been saying for like a year and a half, like, yeah, I'm going to get around to finishing it. It's been sitting there forever. I will. I'm going to get around to finishing it. I just haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. I will do it. But here's part of why our weird TV fact is why I haven't got around to finishing it, because it's a pain in the ass. Oh, well, that's my favorite kind of pain. The butt? No, just things that are annoying. I'd rather have things be annoying, like be a pain in the butt, but don't be like not in in the butt. Not like, okay, so outside the butt. <clears throat> yeah, like on the cheeks. Okay, great. Like like somebody slapping you on the butt. It's it's an inconvenience. <laughs> like a bee stung you. Like uh, yeah, exactly. Like it, or it, somebody it, came up and, and they... you don't want to quite lean on that cheek. So Star Wars: The Clone Wars. We get all of our favorite characters. 
And I originally started as a movie, which I saw in theaters, and I laughed at it. That was terrible. I hated that movie. Mm-hmm. Rewatched it a few years ago. Still hate it. Still a bad movie. Put the ship down. Think of Padme. She would finish the mission. Different movie, but also bad. Oh, um, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Yes. She's on top of things. So the Clone Wars uh, TV series. Here's the most annoying part about it. Ever make your way to the Outer Rim? I'm not, I'm not indulging you. Okay. The entire series, literally through season seven, when they already knew what they were doing and had this established, the entire series is out of order. You can start watching the Clone Wars movie and then watch seasons one through seven, but you're going to get it in these weird truncated stories that like don't connect and it, none of it makes sense. Or, like, But then literally Star Wars, like the official Star Wars like dot com has released of how this is how you watch these episodes chronologically. Like, okay, so you're watching season one. Now go to season five. Now back to season three. Now back to season one. Now to season two. Mm-hmm. And it is the biggest pain in the ass to watch. I've never seen a show that was like, I mean, there's anthology shows that are out there, certainly, but this one, like, even leading into the last season, when they've been doing this shit for years, they're like, yeah, season seven's fully out of order, too. Why? Why did you do this? I understand why to go back and fill in some gaps, but, like, once you kind of know what you're doing, why is every single season out of order? I like linear storytelling, unless it's in, like, a Pulp fiction movie. No, I just want to hit play. I just want to go, like, okay, I'm watching season one. Show me all of season one. Show me all of season two. No, that's not how the Clone Wars works. It's all over the goddamn place. And that's why it's a pain in the ass to watch. That's why I haven't gone back to it in like a year and a half or two years. So much for this being a quick segment. <sighs> These usually only go like three minutes. That's true. This man is on his soapbox. Man, watching the Clone Wars is a pain in the ass if you want to do it chronologically, though, because you've got to be going back and double checking every episode you're watching compared to a list on StarWars.com. So you know what that sounds like what to a me? pain in the ass that to sounds, watch. You know what that sounds like to me? Work. You know what my entertainment should not be? Work. Or heavy work. So I'll watch the... I mean, it's not like it's hard work, but it's just like, you just want to like sit down and like say like, hey, I'm going to watch the next episode. Not, hang on, let me confer to my list to make sure that this is following in a chronological order. Mm. Boo. How do you really feel? I don't like... <laughs> especially by the end. Like, come on, guys. Like, you've got like the opportunity to finish up your show and you still pulled this bullshit? Come on. Mm. Well, there you go. So from pulling your bullshit to pulling your Achilles, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. Oh, there was no pull. There was no pull. There was a straight-up snap. All right, well, week one of the NFL season is in the books, and some, well, incredibly intriguing storylines. Of course, the big headline overall is Mac Jones is not the worst quarterback in the AFC East. (laughs) That was not... (laughs) Not the biggest storyline. Uh, no, we'll... Uh, and I also, we'll... not the worst is not praise. No, well, actually, I never thought he was the worst quarterback in the AFC East, but he certainly he is tied for league lead in touchdowns. We'll start there, and then we'll come back to the really, really big story. Patriots, because you always start with the Celtics, so I'm going to always start with the Patriots now that the Patriots are back, baby! Well, at least when I talk about the NBA, I talk about more than just one team well i'm going to talk about multiple teams here okay all right uh let's start with the patriots though tough loss to the i don't i don't want to say it i don't want to say it because you're gonna start singing this fly eagles fly on the road to victory fly eagles fly score a touchdown one two three uh, hit 20. them low hit them high and watch our eagles fly fly eagles fly on the road to victory. Oh. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Why do I know that fucking song? 
Did I get all the words? I, I don't. I don't know. Neither do I. Uh, Tom Brady Day at Gillette Stadium. Uh, the Patriots do fall on their season opener to the Eagles. Had a chance to win it not once but twice late in the game. Tom Brady do has... I play the Eagles again? Can I do this a second uh, time? They don't play the Eagles again unless okay. they're in the Super Bowl. So I would love for you to have a chance to sing this song again because they're playing <laughs> the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But that notwithstanding, not the Eagles of like Glenn Fry, Don Henley, and and you know Hotel California Eagles. We're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't really the... like either one. I still can't get over the fact that you don't like the Eagles, but still. I like a couple songs, but as an overall product, no. To each their own. To each their own. You might end up not liking one of my top movies then. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, so Patriots fall on opening day. Tom Brady. Tom Brady Day at the uh, Gillette Stadium. The Future Jets quarterback? Probably not because he's a part owner of the Raiders. (laughs) So there's that. Bob Kraft. Robert Kraft. I'm on a first name base with him. Bob. Already looking at Patriots tickets. The pa- the price of Patriots tickets actually did a little curve up after this performance against the Eagles, a team many people think are going to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC or at least be in the NFC championship game. But Tom Brady uh, was announced that Robert Kraft is waiving the wait period and he's going to be inducted in the hall on 6-12-24 inside of Gillette Stadium. Get your tickets now. Isn't that right, Kirby? Oh, it's yeah. Scared the shit out of my dog. That's okay. Don't he's right strike there. my dog. I, have I was putting my hand down like, mm, see, he wants to be scratched. Good boy. Speaking of good boys, well, I don't, I, was, I don't know where that segment was going. That segue was going. Some other big uh, headlines out of week one. Uh, the Raiders pick up a win. A big win for them against the Denver Broncos. So Sean Payton's return to the coaching ranks. Spoiled by Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs losing on opening night to the Detroit Lions. So Detroit Lions fans everywhere Roar. can feel some elation. What? Roar. Are you roaring like a lion? Yes. Oh, that's unfortunate. Travis Kelsey was not available that night for the Chiefs, so there's a little bit there. But, of course, let's talk about the big, 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 big news, and that is that Aaron Rodgers, less than four minutes and four plays into his Jets career, tore his Achilles and Oops. is out for the season. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, saying today, today being Tuesday, September 12th, that Zach Wilson is their quarterback. They're going to roll with Zach. Zach Wilson was... Well, he was less than impressive, but he did enough to get the team to win. I can't believe they won. I can't believe they won. They won on a walk-off punt return. Uh, It was there. I got to make sure I get his name right. It was actually kind of a – you couldn't make up this storyline and how it played out and the the theater of it. I went to type in Jets, and it typed in Jests, which makes sense. So on the last episode of Hard Knocks, they generally, the last couple episodes, they go through cutting players, things like that. Of course, the Jets were featured on Hard Knocks this year. And the, one of the predominant people in Hard Knocks was Aaron Rodgers. But another person they followed was Xavier Gibson. He was an undrafted free agent, one of the last people to make the 53-man roster. He returned a 65-yard punt in overtime to beat the Bills. Josh Allen with four turnovers, three interceptions, and one fumble and a loss for the Bills. An interesting fact, Zach Wilson has never lost to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> okay, great. So you have that going for you. Uh, so the Jets saying that Zach Wilson is their quarterback. Obviously, they got to bring in another one. They, you know, He was the backup quarterback. We'll see what they do. There's some interesting options out on the table. I've seen names like Carson Wentz thrown around, Matt Ryan, who is a CBS analyst. And at halftime, this was a funny moment. Did you see this? No, I I turned it off like right before that. Do you understand the reference twenty eight to three? No, I guess not. Okay, so at halftime, the lead the lead play by play guy was talking about how is you know this team not down? They should be down twenty eight to three. 
Matt Ryan is sitting right next to him. 28-3 was the score in the Super Bowl that the Atlanta Falcons went on to lose to the Patriots. So, yeah, the, the meme of Matt Ryan looking over at him like, are you for real, bro, is chef kiss. So there you go. Interesting, interesting, interesting week one in the NFL. Of course, Aaron Rodgers out for the year with a torn Achilles. Uh, and MRI confirmed that uh, the day after the game. Of course, they played on Monday night. You would imagine he'll be having surgery sometime within the next week. Timeline for recovery. He could be back for next season, but we'll see. He's 39 years old now. Does he want to, you know, obviously he wants to repair his Achilles and do all the rehab and stuff, but does he want to go through everything else to get back? It's very plausible that he could be ready for opening night in 2024. The other thing that happened here, and I'm sorry to tell you as a Packers fan, the Packers get screwed here out of this. Jordan Love had a great opening uh, uh, weekend. They played the Bears. The Bears were like, oh, thank God, there's no more Aaron Rodgers. We might have a chance against the... uh, Against the Packers. Guess what? Packers stomped them. Stomped them. But if Aaron Rodgers had played, I think it was either 65 or 70% of the snaps this year for the Jets, instead of a second round pick as being the, the second level compensation, the Packers would have gotten a Jets first round pick. So the Packers now, Rodgers gets injured. It's very similar to when Vinny Testaverde got injured for the Jets too. It's the, that, that stadium, that area, the Meadowlands in New Jersey, just all of New Jersey is cursed. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, well, you knew that was coming. So Packers could be standing. Well, well, they will not get a first-round pick now from the Jets. They're going to get a second-round pick. So there you go. And the Jets could have a really high first-round pick, depending on how things go. Defense is still elite, though. We'll see how it all plays out. Dolphins, so you have the Dolphins and Jets lead the AFC East at 1-0 each. The Bills and the Patriots... Oh, and one each. Patriots take on the uh, they take on the Dolphins week two in Sunday Night Football, and they have the Jets week three in the Meadowlands. Should be interesting. Did you see the weird Toy Story football thing? I did not. So there's going to be a game played by the Falcons and the Jaguars. Mm. They will stream on Nickelodeon at the same time. They That's will, happened before. They will anim no. They will animate all of the football players as if they were like 3D Toy Story characters simultaneously well it has to go a lot better than when they had this slime zone in the end yeah, zone probably but isn't that weird that is extremely weird but i will say i've watched some of those nickelodeon broadcasts yeah october 1st 9 30 a.m on disney plus and espn mm. plus interesting i wonder if they'll like have ian eagle's son uh do the play-by-play again he's done that before uh nate burleson has done the color commentary uh, the first time they did the games for ESP, when they did on, sorry, on Nickelodeon, when anyone got to the end zone, they called it the slime zone. Yeah, I saw that. Did or you I see the clips at least? Yeah, did you see the clips of when the official's raising his hands up, but the slime is emanating from his crotch? Yes. Yes, there you go. All right, that's football. Uh, that's football real quick. The uh, When you talk about the Boston Red Sox, they are taking on the New York Yankees currently in a series. Sounds like that the Sox probably not end up going to end up not making the postseason. So... But, hey, we can beat the Yankees this time of year. So there you go. FIBA's done. Germany won. Good for Germany. Yeah, good for Germany indeed. And, yeah, the U.S. Uh, lost to Germany, who went undefeated. And immediately um, LeBron is like, we're doing the Olympics. It's going to be me. It's going to be Steph. It's going to be KD. It's going to be AD. It's going to be everyone with a D at the end of the day. And I'm like, so do you, uh-huh. do you guys ever want to show up for, like, FIBA? The answer is no. It's just the Olympics. Yeah, there you go. Which is like, you know, it'd be a fun competition if people actually wanted to show up, but they don't. Like, hey, we qualified for the Olympics. Now it's time for the A-team to come in. Yeah. Sure. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. That's it for sports reports. I could add stuff, but oh. I feel like the segment's gone on long enough. Yes, it has. So we're going to open we get in the NFL. You got to, you know, it's, it's, I, I love the NFL. It's back, baby. 
except for I spent most of my Sunday at a very important event, so I didn't get to sit down and watch football from noon till you know for twelve straight hours. From well, well now I'm just into the WNBA playoffs. You bandwagon I, Connecticut Suns fan. I'm a bandwagon fan. <laughs> Bandwagon Connecticut Suns fan. Give me the New York Liberty and Sabrina Ionescu. I mean, one, it's not plural. It's Sun, not Suns. Whatever. And also, I'm like a bandwagon fan for a team that's not going to win. Fair enough. I like that you're... <laughs> I also just it, never bring up the WNBA because I don't think anyone cares. No. But is there no is there more, is there there more no more tortured fan base than the New York Jets? They were so excited because this was going to be their year. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And they brought over a ton of Packers. And they, yeah, like, exactly. Co- between coaching and players, they're like, we're going with you, Aaron. Shit. Yes. <laughs> but all right, we're going to move on from there to, I guess, Jared's top 50 movies. Let's- Are we just not going to talk Ahsoka? Oh, shit, I forgot about that. All right, I guess we're going to talk about Ahsoka. Uh, screaming and streaming. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope, we're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. So when I turned on Ahsoka episode four, my wife went, oh, I don't think I can watch this. And see episode three. I'm like, yeah, you did. She's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, you did. We mm-hmm. watched it together. She's like, I absolutely did not. She's like, what happened? And I broke it down for her. She kind of like squints her eyes at me. She's like, yeah, okay, I guess. So, you know, that that's the level of excitement in this house. But yeah, Ahsoka episode four happened. Uh, full spoilers, by the way. Here's my first note. Mm-hmm. Episodes three and four did not need to be two separate episodes. There was a lot of bullshit and it was really slow and they could have just been one. Yeah, nothing, crammed those two suckers together. Nothing happened until the last 20 minutes of this episode. Nothing. There are parts of this, like, I like, um, you know... We get some really slow lightsaber fights, like where they just stand there for a while, and I'm mm. just yelling at the screen, like, do something! Mm. Yes. Um, Sabine gets the map for a second. She's like, I got my blaster on this, but then it takes, like, Ray Stevenson in an uncomfortably long amount of time to fuck it up with his lightsaber. I'm like, so what was she going to do? Yeah, he also grunts a lot like he's playing tennis when he uses his lightsaber. They also separate when they're told not to separate. Yeah, David Tennant's like, stay together. And they're like, great, we will. And then they separate, which also doesn't make any goddamn sense because Sabine's like, go, I got this. I'm like, no, Ahsoka, come over here. Help me fight this lady two on one. We'll take this out and take her out in 30 seconds. Then we can go move on. The same lady who stabbed me in the frigging gut a week ago. Yeah. You just, if you just double teamed her, you would have won that fight real fast. Yeah. It would have been over right quick. My lord. I was just like, this is stupid. You're being stupid. Well, no, because they have to set up the final showdown between Sabine and, and that apprentice. Like, Ray Stevenson's like, hey, do you want to be evil with me? Because you can go find your maybe not boyfriend. And she's yeah. like, all right, I was going to shoot this with my blaster that would have done nothing. Because that was also so anticlimactic. Like, he's just stabbing that thing for, like, 30 seconds. And then it just, like, falls apart. I'm like, oh. Oh, that's it? Yeah, very very anticlimactic little response to that. Ahsoka gets thrown off a cliff. Explain to me where she is. We get <sighs> Hayden Christian, a de-aged Hayden Christensen, I might add. I'm going to go to one more thing before I get into that, because okay. <laughs> I'm just burning through this because um, I'm not really enjoying the show. These shows are relying too heavily on the volume. Sometimes it works, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. And there are, I think, pretty good examples in all of these Star Wars shows where it works and it doesn't. And this one, 
this episode was a very good example of it not working. Like they have multiple star, like multiple lightsaber fights, and mm-hmm. they work to varying degrees. I thought they were kind of slow. There was a lot of like we're just gonna stand and like wait for the move, and you could say like, oh well, like you know, it's like a samurai thing, and they're waiting for the killing blow. Like this is what Obi Wan did with Darth Maul. But like I get all that, but it's still like I shouldn't be sitting there this long and waiting for something to happen. This is really the first episode where something actually happened happened in some time. But they're just you can so clearly tell that they're standing in front of a screen there's no environment around oh yeah and it's like watching a very expensive stage play Mm. because like they don't interact with the background there's nothing in the foreground it's just them having these fights and it looks bad don't like it yeah the volume is was really standing out in this episode in a bad way how many people do you think will go to the theaters to see episode five this weekend we can see it tonight I don't know, probably enough, because I don't think it's in that many theaters. Uh, fair enough. But yeah, so let's get to um, the end. So Ahsoka uh, gets knocked off a cliff. Yeah. Like, good, end of the show. Ah, shit, there's more. No, she's still alive. Or is she? Is she uh, dead? That's a good I, question. I don't think that's she is. Why. So I am explaining this based off of knowledge that I do not particularly have. I have not seen this. I have only gleaned this information from the internet. Okay. So Ahsoka has fallen into um, a place called the World Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. Sounds like and, she's dying to me. And what it essentially is is like um, a spot that you can go into that is kind of like a nexus point, like in the time stream. So like you can go view different events in the future, different events in the past. Mm-hmm. And if you were to so wish, you could interact with them. Like um, Ahsoka was fighting Darth Vader, and Ezra pulled her out of that moment right before her death, and pulled her into the world between worlds. And then she was able to escape because she wasn't in that moment anymore. All right. And like, and Palpatine is trying to get in there, and like uh, they were able to escape Palpatine. Again, have not seen this. I'm just picking this up off the internet. So if I don't get my details exactly right, it's because I haven't seen it. All right. So this is a realm where you can essentially go to any point in time. But it's like one of those like, you know, Jedi things where like Yoda's like, you know, like information about the future can be bad for you and can lead to the dark side and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So that's where she is. She is in this nexus point where she can like literally find portals to different points. So then we get a de-aged Hayden Christensen. Christensen? Christensen. 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 Um, which is funny because in Obi-Wan they were like, yeah, we don't need to de-age him. And then people were mad about that. And they're like, I guess we'll de-age him this time. He's in the world between worlds. Maybe, he's, you know. <laughs> and then people were younger. mad about that. Like, oh, he looks like a weird Ken doll. People are weird. People are mad about everything. Yeah. Can't win. All right. And um, I don't know what this is. I mean, I, the episode is going to air later tonight. I don't know if this is a force ghost Anakin. I don't know if this is Anakin from a previous point in time. I don't know if this is a vision of some kind. Everybody likes messing with time right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really like, again, have not seen it, but I, I don't particularly like the idea. It's not time travel, but I don't like adding this like time element into the force. It feels like it overcomplicates it. The force surrounds us. Yeah, I just like when the force it penetrates is like... You. It, the force penetrates you. I can push you away, grab a lightsaber, and maybe I have a feeling about a thing. All right. But I got I, a feeling. So I don't know. I don't know what this Anakin is going to be, but I, I mean, you know, I like Hayden Christensen well enough. Like, mm. Attack of the Clones is a bad movie, and he gives a bad performance in it, but also, like, so much that is... Sand gets everywhere. It's it's dialogue-based, and he's given really shitty dialogue. And I, I like him in Attack... Uh, not Attack of the Clones. I like him in Revenge of the Sith. I think he's a generally good actor, and I'm kind of surprised that he's willing to kind of come and play again. Well, I think he's always liked the character. I think 
I mean, I mean, he came back in Kenobi, and he's gonna he's coming back in this. It's like you know, maybe like time and space away from things. But I, like, I he, I mean, also like him, and also um that kid Jake Lloyd. Like, I was gonna say, like people are just like shh. It, I mean, Jake Lloyd. Best, Jake Lloyd took it on the. He took it hard. So many of these people did. It's like unless you were like you and McGregor, like everyone's like fuck everything. You and McGregor, or if you were Natalie Portman, those were really the two, or the Untouchables and like Anthony Daniels. And I don't really, really like C three PO. Throwing it out there. There you go. He is a little annoying, but I do think you do. It's one of those things. I do think you need like a level of comic relief against like very serious stuff. But like, well, again, it's the it's that trope like from Seven uh, from Seven Samurai. It's not. It's told through them. They're the they're the uh, viewpoint characters. But anyway. We got work to do. Yeah, so um, I, whatever. We'll see what this leads to. Even though I think this episode could have been uh, just combined with episode three, we could have been like one episode shorter, which I think would have been for better storytelling, just to tighten it up a bit. But I, you know, I'm interested to see what uh, is coming up next for Hayden Christensen. Like that, at least, is making me interested in what's coming next versus these first couple of episodes. Like I haven't yeah. had any desire to be like, oh, what's next? I no, don't care. I would agree. All right, so we're going to move on from there to um, Jared's top 50 movies, 50 through 26. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. I struggled with this. I, I have a greater appreciation for your struggle. Do you have a franchise rule? I kind of have a couple little little tweak rules. One, I tried. I knew there were going to be duplicates, but I looked at like, well, I don't want to have like an, a list that's very identical to yours. I tried to limit the number of like style of movies, like sword and sandal movies or punch em up action movies. I tried to like limit down. I do kind of have a franchise rule. I also because I did one per franchise, which I broke twice. Yes, I also tried really hard to not because your franchise, like the ones you picked from those franchises, were good. I tried really hard to pick a secondary movie out of those franchises as well you don't have to do it. oh whatever well you, no there were there were some i did there were some i didn't but i think my big rule was to not have a lot of repeat t- styles of movie all right all right all right here we go let's, with, let's get your touchstones number 50 and again I, I struggle with this i don't know if i have this list exactly right because there's a lot of movies i'm like oh like there's a there's an honorable mention list that i'm not going to get into because yeah there's like i mean there was a bunch of stuff i told you yeah. the, the bottom of the list is harder than the top of the list oh i think so well i mean there are a couple on the bottom of the list i'm like eh I think it was the middle. I think it was organizing the middle part of the list. All right, let's see it. All right, number fifty. This is a movie that uh, the first of three Patrick Stewart entries in this. <laughs> okay, nineteen eighty four is Excalibur. I think it was eighty four. Right. Yeah, I, I know. I've just always liked this movie. It's kind of very ethereal. I've always liked the Arthurian legend. I think it's one of the more solid King Arthur movies. So there you go, number fifty, Excalibur. Number forty nine. This is one that I kind of. Went back and forth on as to like if I wanted it on the list, and I was like, yeah, I want it on the list, but where it would land on the list. And there were other movies I felt like are better than it, but it's a fun movie. Gladiator, number 49. If I did a top 75, that probably would have made it. Yeah. This one, I think, is the only black and white entry on the um, on the list. And this one will surprise you. Inherit the Wind. I don't think I know that. Oh, it's a really good one. It's based on the Scopes Monkey Trial. It was, uh, if you might remember, that was the uh, argument over teaching evolution in yeah. schools. So um, it was a play that was written. I think it was Arthur Miller who wrote the play, but the <laughs> big playwright. Yeah, but uh, really entertaining uh, movie. Really makes you think. Inherit the wind, number forty-seven. I was, I struggled with this should even be on the list or not. But it's a movie that I can't go without watching every year at a certain time of year. I don't think it's my. <sighs> yeah, actually, you know what? I'm gonna not say. That. I'm gonna we're having a quick audible, 
It was gonna be okay. it was gonna be Elf, but I'm gonna go with yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I don't particularly like either one of them. That's okay. This is my list, not yours. Uh, number forty six. This is one that I had really high on the list. It was in the middle, and then after I kind of looked at all the other movies on the list, it's a solid movie. I really enjoy it. The movie Contact. Yeah, Contact is fun. With Jodie Foster and uh, who else is in that movie? Uh, Matthew McConaughey also in that movie. Contact, I like it. Uh, God, number that, that is a surprising little pick in there. But yeah, sure, Contact. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number 45, Django Unchained. Okay. Little, I, again, I struggled with where I want to put them on the list. It might it's, It is my second favorite Tarantino movie. I mean, it's a fun movie. There's It's, it's just a fun, like, murder-revenge story, and there's... You know, good performances in there. Oh yeah, I I think it's clever. It's fun, clever writing. It's a right mix of like both comedy and serious, and really great performances. I mean, uh, you look at like even like little side performances in this. Like when Don Johnson's in there, he was fantastic. That whole scene with the masks was hilarious to me. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio also really good in this. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Number 44, this was a polarizing movie for, for some people when it came out. Uh, I remember a lot of big marketing behind it. It was an early 90s movie. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, a lot of people pan it and don't like it. No pun intended, but the movie Hook. Yeah, I don't really fully get the backlash on this one. I, I also um, enjoy that movie generally. Nice. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like People seem to have, like, it was big at the time, and like people kind of weirdly turned against it. I don't understand it. Like, yeah, that... It's not like the greatest movie of all time, but it's just, it's a fun action adventure movie for kids. Yeah, I don't get why people are like, ooh, this is shitty. Mm. I'm forward enough. Nice. Uh, here's one of a couple of Scorsese movies on here. Uh, number 43. I just, I really like, it was kind of at the, the height of like all the movies about the mafia and the mob. I think this, it's a toss, it was a toss up between this and Goodfellas, but I went with Casino. Oh, I thought, I thought it was going to be Goodfellas. Yeah. No, I went with Casino right. on this one. I don't know. I just, it feels, a little different it feels different enough from goodfellas the whole kind of arc i think it was one of the best performances by de niro i thought he was fantastic in this movie yeah because he has a good movie yeah it's a great movie uh number 42 little spy action in hunt for red october okay you know sean connery i think there's a couple of conneries in here uh i just i think of the jack ryan movies and don't get me wrong, like like clear and present danger and patriot games i like those movies but I don't know, Hunt for Red October. I know Alec Baldwin, extremely polarizing, but I thought he, he played a really good Jack Ryan in that. Yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, it's there's also like it's very much, you know, a haunted house movie to its own point. Like you're just like mm. in that confined area, you can't get out. Like it's yeah, yeah it's um, definitely an enjoyable movie. And number forty one on the list. So this is gonna be a controversial pick. Very controversial pick. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's from there's another one from the franchise that's on this list that's uh, much higher up on the list. And I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I really do love Wrath of Khan. Okay. But I oh, really do more Star Trek. Okay, great. Yeah. I really feel though as like like Wrath of Khan is in its own right, but of the other the other original cast movies, I think Undiscovered Country is really good. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. I mean, Christopher Plummer is great in that movie, and you get so much of like Kirk trying to like contain himself and also mm. like He's so angry about like Christopher Lloyd killing a bastard killed my son. And I th I felt like it was a great way. It was a great send off for that crew. I love the opening. We finally get Sulu's back. Good for Sulu. Yeah. I mean, he's great in that. Also, how rare is it to like go like we're six movies into this franchise. 
and it has fallen off a fucking cliff with five. Oh yeah. How rare is it for a movie to bounce back that hard and be and good that good after like that disaster that like preceded oh, yeah. it? Like that is a rarity in itself. Yeah, that's a great and, movie. And what I liked about Undiscovered Country too is like Michael I, Dorn. He's in there, baby. He is in there. The one thing I like, I think, really good Trek is commentary Trek on like the time, and this was very much a Cold War movie. Yeah, totally. And I think it was it was a really good use of Trek. Number forty. This is one that kind of was up and down, was off the list for a, a little bit, but then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it's a really really solid movie. Uh, it's a movie that makes you think. Truman Show. Really? Okay. I like I like the Truman I mean, Show. I do too, but I I definitely I wouldn't you know. What I was thinking about that movie is like the logistics of that movie. Oh yeah, is I mean they even have scenes like oh when he goes to the bathroom was I go to the bathroom. It's like that's when he's like not doing like you know when he's in the bathroom that's when he's facilitating. But like what about every time this guy like jerks off? He's not just like jerking off in the bathroom like when no one's looking or like what like when he's picking his nose or like all these other like small things. I get caught up in the logistics of that movie. I think what's amazing about this movie is in some ways it predicted the future. Think about people like on TikTok, Instagram, that they like you follow them around through their daily life. And we get like tremendous, you know, it's like there are modern day Truman shows out there. But there is good stuff like, you know, them trying to like, oh, this is why you're not going to leave this area because of like, you know, the boat. And yeah, (laughs) I think one of my favorite scenes is like when he starts to figure it out and he's like, it's like car bicycle guy running or whatever, oh, yeah. whatever it is i can't i can't remember i haven't seen the movie in a while but yeah well, that, that is, it's a good movie but i yeah i'm kind of surprised it's ranked that high for you yeah uh number 39 this one's gonna make you upset that it's this low on the list perhaps <laughs> but i'll kill you i couldn't find like i was trying to find a better place for it the 1990 teenage mutant ninja turtles i think it's still a, a good movie it's still a great movie and i i just there are a lot of other movies that i felt landed above it for me but again I feel like the thing is, if I were to make this list a year from now, or even like five months from now, it would be in a different order. And tonight, I could go home and be like, ah, oh, maybe I didn't put that yeah, in the right no, spot. I mean, that's, I mean, these things aren't definitive. It's no, like that's the point of like, oh, these are my favorites. It's just, it's something that like ebbs and flows. It's not, you know, this isn't the Criterion Collection. We're not like etching things into stone. Like you, you know, preferences change, tastes change, mm-hmm. like shit happens. Uh, number thirty-eight, sticking with some Jim Henson stuff, the original Muppet movie. Oh, man, maybe that should have been in my top 50. Such a great movie. Uh, there's so many great lines. Turn at the fork in the road. Bear left. Um, frog right. Frog right. <laughs> that, I, Whisper I, sweet nothings into my ear. Traffic cop. <laughs> that, like, bear right, frog left. I will also switch it up depending on, like, what direction I'm, like, I'm going. Like, if we're doing directions when I'm driving somewhere, I will just mix that up. Steve Martin is my favorite thing in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, oh, you may serve us now. Oh, may I? <laughs> may I? He's so great as the waiter, and I love Orson Welles at the end. He's like, get them the standard rich and famous contract. Man, maybe that should have cracked my top 50. That's such a good movie. Yeah. And there's that great fucking effect of Kermit riding the bike. Oh, that's an amazing effect. And I, I know I talked about this uh, when I was talking about Terminator 2. I was like, when Arnold you know, removes the forearm skin, it's just the robot oh, yeah. arm under it. Like That's a seamless effect. Kermit riding that bike? That is a seamless fucking Unbelievable effect. effect. I don't Unbelievable know how, effect. Like I don't know how they did that. That It's fucking perfect and there's so, so much good stuff about like the frog legs and yeah man what a great movie i love that movie mm. number 37 this is one i struggled with if it should have been on the list or not and it kind of this is might make people upset i think it took the spot of like where wolf of wall street may have been on here if wolf of wall street had made it but at the same time it's one of those like if it's on tv that was one of my things like if it's on tv am i gonna just lock into it 
I just think it's so weird when people say that because I only have that if I'm in a hotel room. Yes. I never look at like what movie is on like TNT, like unless I'm in a hotel. But there was a there was a series of Nicolas Cage blow him up, punch him up movies. Remember those in the nineties? You gonna say The Rock? No, Con Air. <laughs> okay. Because John Malkovich is so much fun in this because sure, he just not? chews it up. Uh, Dave Chappelle is in this. Cole, I forgot about Dave that. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, is. Who else is in? The, John Cusick is in this movie. Cole Meany's in this movie. Like, there's some big names in this movie. It's Cole it's Meany's a, not a big name. Well, we I, know who he is. Yeah, but you know what? I love that guy. It's it's fantastic. So do I. So you know what? I'll take the. Don't get me wrong. Wolf of Wall Street is probably in my top fifty, but for the purposes of this show. And this current list. I don't know how those two things are being equated. I don't really. know. Number thirty-six. This is the. There's some. There's some grinder movies in here as far as like length. This is one of the longer movies that's in here. But I'm a huge, huge history nerd, and there are a couple of big history movies in here. Oh, I can predict a few of them. Yeah, which I imagine will be coming up next week. Uh, there are a couple. Well, th- it may surprise you what's mm. in there and what's not. Uh, number thirty-six, Gettysburg. Yep, it can be long. There are some parts of it that are drawn out, but I think. As far as like historical accuracy for a movie and performances, Martin Sheen as General Lee is fantastic in this. You have Jeff Daniels as Joshua Chamberlain. Uh, the, the big set pieces, the battle pieces in Gettysburg, really, really good. So Gettysburg is number 36. Number 35, opposite end of the spectrum. Again, uh, one of those sublime movies. Here's a co- uh, not a copy, but a similarity. Predator. Predators in there. Just it's a fun action eighties action movie. You know, one of the things I was looking at too when doing this list is like, is it am I going for movies that I enjoy enjoy or movies I think are like best movies of all time? I think there's a definite difference. You see, that's I, I did not like if I were to make a list of the best movies of all time, my list would have been completely different. Mm. I mean my number one still might have been number one, but Yeah. So there you go. Number thirty five Predator. Number thirty four it was this was a late edition, and then it climbed the rankings really, really quick because I was like, "Wow, I haven't watched this movie in a long time." I'm gonna make it a point too. I wanted to include a movie from their catalog, and of all the movies in their catalog, it came down to this or another one. I feel like this one for me works the it works a little bit better than the other one, but not by much. It's by a a thin, thin hair, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. At yeah. number thirty-four, it was that or Life of Brian. I am not surprised that made your list. You, yeah, yeah, that's it. God damn, if I have to listen, to you. I mean, you haven't done it in a long time, but like for a, there was a good chunk of time, you're like, I'm just gonna keep on constantly quoting this movie. No, I'm not gonna quote it at all. Here, I'm not gonna quote it at all. <laughs> number thirty-three on the list. This actor had a series of movies that were almost all identical uh, in the '80s and early '90s, and in fact, at one point, Roger Ebert called it the Tom Cruise formula. Tom Cruise is a young hotshot at something, has an older mentor, has a falling out with said older mentor, but they become best friends at the end. Which one can you guess? It's Top Gun. It's Top Gun. Damn. It was between Top Gun, the movie Cocktail, and also um, <laughs> funny. Days of Thunder. I thought it was going to be Cocktail for a second. Did you really think it was going to be Cocktail? <laughs> it's like, could be. Yeah. So number 33, Top Gun. Okay. Number 32. This is a movie that was really, really high on the list, and the more I thought it, it's like... It's not a movie that I revisit very frequently, but it's a movie I enjoy. I think the movies I vi- revisit more frequently end up higher on the list. Yeah. But I think this movie is it's there's actually two from this director on this list, but this one, I don't know. I enjoy it. It's one that I've been kind of revisiting in little bits and pieces recently, Inception, at number 32. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I like I, this movie. I, I like it too. I think it has enough of like 
you know, you'll find out next week. One of my, okay, so aside from that piece, but I like kind of the globe hopping adventure type movies, which there are a couple more on this list upcoming. This movie also is definitely, uh, I mean, not like the kind of like like more cerebral stuff, but there's so this movie is like reeking of James Bond. Exactly. Oh, funny you should mention that because number thirty one is Skyfall. I think oh, of the great Adele song. My God. Yeah, what a great. I think of the James of the um, of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. I think Skyfall might be the best. I really do. I think yeah. it, it ties a lot. I know that you said Casino Royale. No, Skyfall is definitely, I mean, of those five movies, yeah. Skyfall is and probably, the, I like that one probably the second best. It's smack dab in the middle of those movies, though. But no, Skyfall number 31, similar, again, to Inception, that kind of uh, jumping around. Number 30, I bounced around through the first three movies of this franchise and landed on this one as my favorite. I think it's got a really fun cast and a really fun premise, and I think it takes what the original two movies were and it expands the 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 playing field per se for what it is as opposed to happening in like small isolated spaces this thing takes place all over new york city die hard with a vengeance is this the only die hard movie it's the only die hard movie on the list really yes again i think i looked at it from yeah i watch die hard every year at christmas but I think Die Hard with a Vengeance. I love the cast. I love Samuel L. Jackson in this. It I is, love. No, I I definitely agree. I think it's the. I mean, if you're asking me, I would say it's the second best Die Hard. But you're after I, the first one, yes. I, yeah, I think it's way better than number two. Mm, number two is just Die Hard in an airport. Yeah. I like this. This is it. It, it expanded the playing field. It's not just it makes, taking place in, in a high rise. Just like he, having a horrible fucking day. He's like, here I am, like in a like I'm just drunk in an alley in a. Uh, tank top yeah and just have it yeah. i love that <laughs> simon says uh, just you know and it ties things back into the first movie too with hans and uh, just yes. yeah it's, yeah it's totally a good movie does I, the hans gruber does the name hans gruber mean anything to you? yeah it rings a bell <laughs> uh number 28 this is probably not as high as you thought it would be or should be but logan i think it's a it's a really really good movie. I have some really really good movies no, in the top twenty five. I know. I, I'm waiting for you. Like you'd be like that sword and sandals movie that I like. Uh, no, that's up there. That's not as far away as you think, and there's only one sword and sandal movie in there. Believe it or not. So, well, I mean, you already had Gladiator. Well, there's there's two sword and sandal movies in there. Well, three technically. Well, no, because I didn't use Life of Brian. Uh, so yeah, Logan. Again, I think it's it's the best of the Patrick Stewart, uh, Hugh Jackman X Men movies. Number 27, Matrix. If I had a top 75, this would have made it. I, I like the way... I've also it, said that for about 25 movies. That's true. You have. I, I feel like I picked up your 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 51 through 75 movies here. I just... I don't know. It was a movie that the follow-up movies didn't do the first movie justice. No. And I've... You know, I've had a range of this movie. Like, at first, I loved... Like, I you know, I didn't see it in theaters because it was 99. I was a little too young. When I say a little too young, um, my... I then got it on VHS like as soon as it came out, so maybe not that much too young. Uh, but that VHS had like special features after the credits. It was like something you didn't mm. usually see, and it yeah, it definitely created a visual style and it created a lore. And then everything after that first movie is just a fucking garbage fire. There you go. And uh, number twenty six, Pulp Fiction. Good times. Kind of smack dab in the middle. So there you go. That's twenty twenty six through fifty. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. That's dead. Where'd you get the motorcycle? It's a chopper. How did you get that wallet in there? Someone says bad motherfucker on it. 
Yeah, I know we talked about this before, but yeah, I mean, it's fuck, man. I like it. it's my favorite Tarantino movie. I'm an Oak Man myself. How much time do we have? How, how far into the show are we? Oh, you're all done. Okay, we're done. <laughs> all right, you're all done based on that time that I just saw Perfect. what I have to do. Any any uh, any questions, thoughts, um, surprises in there? I don't think there are any surprises. I don't. You're not really like you're not hitting me with like whoa, what that movie? There are a couple I, I think in the top twenty five <laughs> that you might go. I was not expecting that. I think maybe Die Hard with a Vengeance is like the surprise one, but it's also like it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's just if you know if I'm going to rank my Die Hards, and see that's what I was looking at it from the standpoint of like also a little bit of the unexpected. I really really like that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think I do like it just a like a sliver better than the original Die Hard, but I'm talking like like. Well, I mean, tissue get, paper thin. Yeah, because you get the added fun of like Samuel Jackson in there. You also get like Bruce Low, Bruce Lois. What the fuck was that? Who the hell is Bruce Lois? I, I couldn't tell you. Oh, uh, Bruce Willis is like. I mean, he's obviously having a bad time in the first movie. Like his wife is leaving him, and there's you know like the executive like doing all the cocaine and blah blah blah. But like Hans Booby, I'm your white knight. Yeah, it's such I, a quotable I, movie though. The original Die Hard. I, I guess what you're really narrowing it down to is like you're asking me to pick um, Alan Rickman over like Samuel Jackson, who are both like fucking all star talents. Yeah, and, and Jeremy Irons is a fantastic villain that, in this. Yeah, that's true too. He's he great. gives a great performance. And the thing is, like, like ho ho ho, I got a machine gun. That, like, that's hard to beat. Shoot the glass. Yeah, and there's something I don't know. Both of those movies do a good job of keeping Bruce Willis like low on the totem pole like he's he's not like you know like a stallone or a schwarzenegger like in that moment like he's just like down on his luck he's got he's in crazy ass situations but you know you're not when he's having to walk through harlem with that sandwich board it's just like it's like you're having you're about to have a bad day buddy i already am having a bad day yeah like there's there's a couple movies in there like that i flirted do you have any idea what they're doing to my store right now yeah yeah i flirted with a few of those but they they didn't make my list not like they're bad movies but you know it it, it all comes down to personal preference and yeah i mean there's you know good shit to be found i mean there's that one movie you said that i i have no idea what it is so maybe i'll check it out which movie was that the one where i said i don't know what this is oh inherit the wind yeah that one i don't know No, i think you would enjoy inherit the wind so well i mean of course you would think that because this is your top 50 that's a good that's a good point (laughs) yeah i don't know that one so you know maybe i have a thing to check out yeah it's like 90 minutes it's quick it's not I also drawn appreciate out. that. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on from there. That is, you know. Part un. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out as a general thing. Um, I actually kind of enjoy doing listicle stuff. This isn't going to be a regular thing on the show, but I think, you know, an occasional, because I, I know we're doing kind of four in pretty quick succession, but uh, not often, but I'm not against it. I also have one plan for October, so. Yeah, there we go. Get used to that, because I have a. Actually, I had to write out a schedule for the next couple months. Yeah, the script was adapted by um, this. Who wrote? Who wrote it originally? Oh, it was uh, the play was written by Jerome Lawrence. I got that wrong, but it um, it stars Spencer Tracy. So okay, all right, we'll move on from there to letters to the editors. Gene Kelly's also in that, by the way. Forgot about that. Lot of questions. Number one, damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can send them into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Ask whatever you want. This week's question, what old franchise would you like to bring back? I had time to think about this, and I still can't land on one. <laughs> I've been talking. You you go first while I kind of try and settle my mind down. 
I have one real one and one kind of like joke one because it will never ever happen. Okay. What do you got? The real one for stuff that we've been seeing recently of like, okay, we're going to honor the first movie and ignore everything that happened after that. Like we just recently saw this with Halloween. We're going to be seeing this with The Exorcist. I thought it would be really interesting if we got a new RoboCop 2. Ooh. Also, which would have made my top 75. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But like, you know, after... Because, I mean, the RoboCop sequels are not great. No. No, they are not. I didn't see the reboot. Don't have an opinion on that one. Um, but there's never been a sequel to that, so that kind of tells me what I needed to know. Yeah, there's... Plus, it's, it's also in that era of, like, we're going to make a total recall. We're going to make a RoboCop, and no one's going to like them. But I think doing um, another RoboCop with Peter Weller, and for as much as I love the practical effects of that movie, he's not young. No, you no. could absolutely mocap that and have him not have to be in like this hard plastic shell again. Mm-hmm. I mean, not you know, it'd be easy for him, but it'd be certainly a hell of a lot easier than walking around in that old shit. Yeah, but if you could do a Robocop like years later, like what does Detroit look like now? Like, is it is he obsolete? Is you know, crime better? Is are they working on like a new version of like an Ed 209? Like, I think doing. Like, what does his humanity look like after, like, you know, Murphy being, like, shot up all to hell and, like, kind of regaining some of that at the end? Like, I think doing, I mean, we've also seen, like, you know, older heroes not working very well with, like, Indiana Jones and, like, The Flash and, you know, other things of that nature kind of not um, making their return. So it's probably unlikely, but I think doing, like, another Robocop with Peter Weller would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Ignoring uh, the sequels. Yeah. and my kind of joke answer would be um, the mummy, not the Tom Cruise mummy, not the Brennan Fraser mummy, not the Boris Karloff mummy, the Lon Chaney Jr. mummy. And here's why I'm saying this, mm-hmm. uh, because the mummy came out at a time in the 30s when, you know, home video and, you know, replaying a thing on TV obviously wasn't an option. You saw it once in theaters. That was it. You moved on. And there were five of these and uh, none of them are really any good. But the very funny thing about them is they keep on saying, like, oh, 20 years ago, oh, 30 years ago, oh, whatever the fuck. So by the time they get to the last one, if you're following the chronology of what they're saying of, like, how many years has passed, despite this movie, like, coming out, like, in the late 30s, early 40s, I can't remember when the last one was, but it was basically, like, if you were following what they were saying for, like, how long it's been since the last one, that movie was in the 90s. Wow. Holy (laughs) Well, because they they just kept on saying, like, oh, a few decades have passed, even though, like, a year or two had passed in real time. Mm-hmm. But when you keep on saying a couple decades have passed, like that shit adds up. Yeah. So I think it would be very funny and no one would ever do this and no one would ever care. But to try and do like a mummy sequel that connects all of the ridiculous nonsensical it's been 20, 30 years, but like it, it would never happen. But that's that's my kind of like gag answer. But yeah, the real one is I think doing like a, another Robocop with Peter Weller would be like really fun. Uh, mine's, mine's a little different, uh, my answer, the more I thought about it. There were a couple of movies back in the 90s, uh, and it kind of had a couple of offshoots. You had Major League. Remember the movie Major League? Of course, yes, of course I remember the movie Major League. I'm expecting that in your top 25. So, Is it in your top 25? You might hear about it next week. <laughs> I thought I might. But like, you had Major League, Major League 2, and then they had Major League 3 back to the minors, and then they also had another offshoot movie kind of similar. Okay, I didn't see that one. Uh, no, no, very few people did, actually, so don't worry about it. You <laughs> I haven't even seen Major League Back to the Miners. But then there was also another offshoot, Unnecessary Roughness. I think there was two of those movies. It's kind of those. a similar, like, I don't want to say National Lampoons-ish movie. But, like, I think if you kind of rebooted, like, 
I think you'd have to rebrand a little bit because I'm such a purist when it comes to like a movie like Major League or like Bull Durham. Oh man, fucking Bull Durham. Man, I wish it, now that a top. Well, like, I don't know if it'd be top twenty five, but it's it's up there. It's locked in. It is locked in now. That's the problem. You that, get from week two to week one, you're like, shit. Should I have changed? Something I know. This? No, right? you're that's the in. that's the worst. That's when you're like, Dude, how much time do we have? You don't have that much time. But I feel like there's enough there's enough material that you could reboot one of those like a lovable losers sports kind of movie. I think you could do like a better version of a football version of Major League, which was supposed to be unnecessary roughness, which was like eh. I mean, your when your major star in that is Hector Elizondo, that tells you where the movie's going. Let's revive Celtics Pride. Uh let's not do that. Like, I mean, I've never actually seen that movie. I'm only aware of it. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's in that movie, I believe. If I, I mean, I'm, I've never seen what it. What do you think I was going to say? But bring back Sister Act. I want Sister Act 3, please. That's um, in the works. Fuck you. I'm not lying. It's, oh, wow. It's a real thing. Oh, well, no. Fuck you for saying that. Fuck you for <laughs> being a thing. No, I think it'd be fun to bring. I didn't do it. It would be fun to bring also, something. Also, the first Sister Act is fine. Yeah, it's not. The first Sister Act is really, really good. No, I'd like to see. No, I think it'd be fun to see another kind of. Not in the in the vein of like when you had like not another teen movie or the scary movies where it's like full satire. The replacements was kind of like that with Keanu Reeves. You and ever Gene seen Hackman. Hot Shot Part Two? I have seen Hot Shots Part Two. Yep, so, like that's that vein. Yeah, it'd be fun to bring like that back or, or um bring back Loaded Weapon. Those were the Leslie Nielsen mimics of the Lethal no, Weapon that, movies. That, no, that, no, Naked Gun. They're called Naked Oh, Naked Gun. Gun. Sorry, no, Loaded Weapon was the one. That was the National Lampoon's one of the Emilio Estevez. And it was also, Bruce Bruce Willis had a cameo in that, in the uh, Loaded Weapon movie. Actually, now that you you mention it, it would be fun to bring back. Oh, it was, it was right there. Wait, I said Loaded Weapon, but then I said Lethal Weapon. There was another one that was just like right on the tip of my tongue that would have been another good kind of fun franchise to bring back. I don't know. I think it would be fun to bring back a better version of some of the National Lampoon's franchises as well. I think they had some really good ones, and then they kind of you know missed the mark on it. Oh, there it was. I know he's kind of polarizing. Actually, he's not kind of, but he's very polarizing. It would be fun to do another Lethal Weapon movie, too. I think that would be kind of... There's potential there. I think the last one, I think Jet Li was the, the villain. That, yeah, man, that now I wish I had... Robot suit. Oh, uh, that yeah, in the beginning that was kind of running around in his underwear. Yeah, know? he was was Danny Glover. Yeah, but he's been too old for this shit for four fucking movies. That's true. I'm starting to understand what it's like to feel like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. But another Lethal Weapon movie would be kind of fun. That was in the works until Richard Donner died. Ah, uh, but the original man. Now I'm wishing I put the original Lethal Weapon in my top twenty-five or top fifty. That was a good movie too. All right, well there you go. So I, something satire-ish, but that was part of like that series of satire movies. There you go. All right. That'll do it for the week. That's it. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, go well, to- You're not getting another 25 movies in this week. I s- <laughs> no, we got them next week. How uh, long do you want me to be editing? Not very long. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash editors note comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Plus, you get access to things behind the paywall like- Buffy back issue bin, or more importantly, Pod to the Dark Tower. They're like three episodes out. A fourth one is um, in development hell. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's happening. So oh. It's just schedules are tight, man. I, I, I mean, That's I why we're releasing it on Patreon before to the mass public, so there isn't the pressure of having to do it every week. Mm. You know what happened like, the last time we did this? There'd be like episodes where Emily would just be 10 o'clock at night, and she would just fall asleep in front of the microphone and be like, hey, you need to wake up so we can finish this. To be fair, I've fallen asleep while recording a show here, too. So. <laughs> no, you haven't. Patreon.com slash editors no comics dollar a month gets you the show, the day we record it, and cool stuff behind the paywall. Also, we want you to interact with us, 
Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can also email us, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And Zach's on the social webs, the interwebs. I'm just on Twitter. He's got a social media footprint the size of a Barbie foot. No, not really. Actually, you have like more followers and more clout than I do on the social medias. I doubt it. I don't really do anything. I did there. have a tweet the other night that kind of went semi-viral. I had like 2,000 views. I felt really powerful because of that. It was the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was the Josh Allen has had made. Josh Allen has made more completions to Jets receivers than Aaron Rodgers this season. It's sort of stuff that I do online. I'm like, how does this get like two hundred fifty thousand, whatever the fuck? And no, it's, whatever. It's, that's, that's, I never understand it. It's, I, it's not. It's not uh, what you know. It's who you know. I don't understand the algorithm. Well, the algorithm. The, the algorithm clearly understands you. All right, we'll be back next week. Hey, you know what it is? It's Morisoka with Anakin Skywalker. Mm. And uh, Jared's 25 through one where it's going to be a bunch of like, hey, what if um, Moses parted the sea or something? I I think uh, I think more importantly, we're after that one week away from spooky season. Yeah, I should show you the schedule. You should. All right. We'll be back. Well, that's right. I get to plan. Uh, the, I get to plan the, the penultimate spooky season episode. You're doing one of them. All Woo! right. We'll, we'll be back next week. Bye bye.